Shalom, church. It's good to be with you today. And one of the cardinal rules is Bible, paper, tablet, Samson, whatever. Take notes. Take notes are very important because today I'm going to give you some words, the meaning of those words in, um, in Greek from scripture. Now, don't get worried. We're not going to have a, a, a Greek lesson, but I think sometimes to really understand what God is saying, we need to know the real depth of the words from their meaning, not just from our English understanding. So keep your Bibles open, take lots of notes, because I have shared many times, this is, you know, what the devil meant for evil, God is meant for good. He's taking this pandemic and he's shaking the church out of our comfort zone. He's challenging us to break out of our old ministry paradigms and to re-engage in ministry for the future. You can call it recalibration, getting in alignment with God's agenda, or a divine reset. Sadly, far too many of us have allowed this pandemic to really just shut us down. Listen, there have been so many restrictions. <laughs> yeah, on again, off again, right? Many restrictions that we've had to contend with. And this has a tendency to develop in us a mindset that focuses on what we cannot do rather than what we can do. So all of this has an impact on our spirit. It can dampen our joy. It can even kill our vision for the possibilities of what God wants us to do. This is totally opposite. The shutdown is totally opposite. The being quiet and failing to obey God is just opposite of what God's desire because the Lord has declared no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Therefore, this pandemic should not cause us to retreat into our cave, but rather it should inspire us to rise up and fulfill our divine purpose. That's right. God is calling every one of us. He has given every one of us a mission in life. So let's look at the scripture, what God says. Turn with me to John chapter 15 and verse 16. Jesus said these words, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that's going to last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. Now, I want you to hold that scripture. Now, combine that scripture with 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. So we begin to see two things. God has a mission for us to achieve and a blessing for us to receive. Now, let me add some more scriptures. So write these down very carefully. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? In other words, if salt cannot perform according to its intended purpose, what good is it? No longer good for anything, Jesus said, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. He also continues to say you are the light of the world. A town on a hill is not hidden. Neither do people put a lamp, light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. No, instead they put it on a stand so they can give light to everyone in the room. Now here's something interesting I want you to think about. 
What in the world is Jesus saying when he tells us we are salt and light? Because it's not enough time today for me to really unpack that. But let me ask you a question. What is Jesus saying? What is the common element between salt and light? They seem so diverse. Write this down. Both salt and light change their environment by their presence. Any When the light comes on, light, darkness disappears. In other words, darkness can only prevail in the absence of light. Salt, you put salt on something, it changes it. Whether it's in water, whether it's on meat, whether it's in vegetables, whether in it, salt changes things when it comes in contact. Now, what is Jesus saying then? He's saying, friends, your daily life should be so full of the transforming power of God that wherever you are, at work, the market, at church, in the community, just your presence should make a difference. Hallelujah. Oh, that means the power of God in you should be so powerful that just your presence, when you come into a situation, the environment changes wherever you are. That's God's mission, purpose, calling, working in your life, through your life, as well as mine. I know when I was working in the marketplace, uh, sometime I'll tell you the full story, but, I, you know, when you're in the marketplace, uh, and I worked all with all guys, you know, people, men who don't know Jesus, really their language is not too sanctified, right? Uh, their jokes are not too um, edifying. You know what I mean, right, guys? Uh, but yet... I didn't never, I never told them a Christian. I never said I'm a Christian. I didn't put this banner on. But when they would be in a room where, and I came into that same room to do some of my work, they would begin to poke each other and the, the whole conversations changed. Why? Not because I asked them to, but they recognized the presence of God. They recognized his presence. The Bible tells us all believers are referred to in the scripture as called ones. Romans 8, 28. We are referred to as those who are called according to his purpose. In other words, there's something we're to do. God has called each of us to be part of his action plan. Friends, God's activity is not, church activity is not a substitute for genuine spiritual vitality. When it comes to that means that we got to, in our church, look at it and say, we have to move from just church activity to community transformation. It's not just what happens in the church. It's what we as the church do when we're out of the community. So there has to come a shift from trying to grow the church to preparing the church for the return of Jesus Christ. Now, my Bible tells me that the early church was out in the community. Not just serving food. Uh-uh. They were serving miracles. <laughs> they were serving healing. They were serving prayer. God, they were serving God's saving, transforming power. So church, that means that we must move out of our defensive posture of just being in the church and come into an offensive thinking of going out of the church building, into the community, going forward into the future. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, Stir up the gift that is in you. Mm -hmm. Stir up the gift that is in you. That means it requires you to have a greater level of consecration, a greater level of commitment. 
for every one of us in church. We need to cry out in desperation, Lord, come. Reset my spiritual metabolism. Lord, get me out of my personal apathy. That, that, that just, Lord, let the Holy Spirit rekindle my passion for those outside the church. Come on, church. I want, I want us to, I want us to pray. You know, God has not called us to sit and on a seat and warm the bench on Sunday morning. That's not our calling. And I believe that today the Holy Spirit is speaking to many of you and he's calling you to really get serious about your mission, purpose in God so that you can become all that God has called you to become. Yes, the Holy Spirit is here and the Holy Spirit's in your room right where you are. He's in the car where you are. He's in the kitchen. He's, he's right where you are right now. And he's also in this building where we are. You see, God is saying, it's time. It's time to get real. And so I want to pause here. Now, I'm not finished, but I want to pause. I want us to pray about this. I want you to pray. I want you to be open to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And then I will come back and finish my message. But I want us to pray. And I'm going to ask you now, will you join me in prayer? Will you say, Pastor, yes, I realize this pandemic has just kind of cut me off and pushed me back. It's time for me to really commit. The pandemic does not stop God and it cannot stop me. So I want you, if you are are willing to say, Pastor, I will pick up God's mantle. Pastor, I will not let God's call fall to the ground. I am willing to declare before God, God, I want everything you have for me. That's you, right where you are at home. Raise your hand to God. You're not raising it to me. You're raising it to God. It's an indication to God. Come on, raise it high to God, wherever you are. Begin to surrender yourself again and say, God, oh, God, today, a fresh encounter with you. God, today, a fresh realization that I'm not just something sitting on a bench idle. God, you, I'm a participant in the game of heaven to see the kingdom of God established. Are you ready to pray? Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit is touching every man and every woman as they have their hand raised to you in an act of commitment. They're making a fresh commitment to your calling, to your purpose and your mission on their life. May every man and woman experience that fresh touch of your spirit today. Stir their passion to obey their calling in God, to obey that purpose in God. Give them that boldness to reach out to people around them with the message of your love and of your grace. Father, I release the realization of your purpose into every person now. Touch them, transform them in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, come on, church. Come on, church. Just thank him. Say, thank you, Lord, for your touch. Thank you, Lord, for your renewing in my spirit. So we praise God, and I thank you for your commitment to realign your life to God's call and his mission. But remember at the very beginning, I said God has a mission for us to achieve, but a blessing for us to receive. We just prayed about his mission for each one of us. 
But let's look at the blessing that he wants us to receive. Because among many of God's promises, there's a certain word in Greek that we overlook. There's a word in the scripture translated salvation. The Lord is my salvation. Or uh, when we repent, we have salvation. He forgives us. But the Greek word for that's translated salvation is sozo. Sozo. The root meaning goes far beyond just forgiveness of sin. Sozo includes both spiritual healing, which is forgiveness of sin, but it also includes physical healing for our sick bodies. So that Greek word sozo means to deliver, to save, to preserve, to heal, to give us life, and to be made whole. Now, that means that the same faith that enables you to believe and receive forgiveness for your sins is the same faith needed for your healing. So everyone say with me, same faith. Come on, let's all say it again. Same faith. That's right. Now, come on. Let's not make it hard. Let's not try to separate salvation and healing. It's the same word. It's all encompassed in one. Let me give you some scriptures. First of all, it's important to look in God's word to know God's. it's God's will to heal you. It's God's will to heal you. Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases. Notice that. The salvation and healing is tied together. Isaiah chapter 53, verse beginning in verse 4. Again, it says, God has redeemed me from all of my diseases because he took my infirmities and he bore my sickness at the whipping pool post. Therefore, by his stripes, I was healed. When was that healing? The price for our healing was when Jesus was being beaten with the 39 stripes before he went to the cross. Now, the apostle Peter says the same thing in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. You read it later. Now, that word that he says, he bore my sickness, it implies substitution. He suffered for, not sympathy with. That's important. Jesus bore sickness for you and me. He suffered for me as my substitute. So we can see it is God's will to heal us. Now, come on, understand, where does sickness come from? The Bible tells us that the Son of God came to be manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Sickness is part of Satan's works that Jesus came to destroy. If you look at Job in the Old Testament, Satan was the one what? Who struck Job with the boils and sickness. Satan was the one who caused Job to suffer with sickness. But now in the New Testament, I want you to get to open this and I want you to mark down in your Bible. These words are very important. Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 10. Now I'll underline this. It says, on the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. Underline that. What? She had been crippled by a spirit. 
It says she was bent over and could not straighten up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. So he's that Jesus identified the spirit that was hindering her. The spirit that was tormenting her was a spirit of infirmity. And then he put his hands on her. Immediately she straightened up and praised the Lord. I notice her sickness is a spirit. This is very important. When Jesus now heals the woman, the religious leaders, <laughs> religious leaders can sometimes get angry. And they got angry with Jesus and for healing her on the Sabbath day. But verse 16, Jesus replied to these religious leaders and said, Should not this woman whom Satan has kept bound? Who's bound her? Who's put sickness on her? Who put that spirit of infirmity? Satan. Should she, Satan has kept her bound for 18 years. Shouldn't she be set free? Jesus said this woman should be loosed. Jesus cast out the spirit of infirmity and she was healed. Now scripture shows us Jesus came to reverse the curse. He came to set us free. So sozo, salvation, brings healing. It brings wholeness. It brings deliverance from all of the bondages of Satan. So friends, that means it is God's will this morning to touch you. Secondly, faith for healing is in God, not in man. It's not in the evangelist. It's from God. James chapter 5, verse 14. Listen to this. Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick person, make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise them up and do what? And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Notice again how forgiveness of sin, healing is tied together. Same faith. Say with me, same faith. This is a faith in action as you pray, friends. Scripture says faith comes by hearing the word of God. That's why I'm giving you the word of God today. This is not my word. This is God's word. You must know that your healing is promised in God. And it's for you. Say with, put your hand on your chest. Say with me. It's for me. Yeah. Say it again. It's for me. Yeah. Oh, come on. Listen, I, I sense faith raising. It is for me. I missed it, but today it's for me. Luke chapter eight, verse 41 says, and G, J, uh, J, uh, Jaius daughter was healed. Uh, and the woman of the issue of blood was healed. Why? The key was faith. Even when there had been delay, the time was now. Listen, folks, all of God's redemptive gifts, salvation, healing, must be received by faith in God alone. In God. Faith is simple and yet it's powerful. Let's look at it this way. You must accept God's promises as true. You must believe that you are forgiven, right? You believe you're forgiven before you experience the joy of salvation. Once you believe and receive, ah, then the joy comes. Likewise, you must accept God's promise to believe you are healed now before you see the joy of the physical healing. 
faith begins to declare it is God's will. Amen. It's God's will to heal you. Thirdly, our confession must agree with God. Proverbs 6 and 2 says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken captive by the words of your mouth. Now, too few of us realize the importance of words, uh, how words play a part in our daily life. Words form our confession of what we believe or what we do not believe. To confess means say the same thing. Say the same thing. It means say what God says. Not what I think, not what the doctor says, but what God says. It means to agree with God by your words. It's not what I feel, it's what God declares. Listen, friend, hear me carefully. That means you must begin to now to agree with what God has said about your sins, about your habits, about your stress or your temper, about your sickness or parent failures, your salvation, your victories, everything in our life. God, I align my confession with what your word has said. Here's the way it works. Sickness is pressing upon you. Symptoms begin to appear. Satan wants to mess with your mind now and bring confusion. And you need to respond to these attacks from Satan the same way Jesus did. When Satan wanted to tempt Jesus to confess and go against God's word, but Jesus recognized the deception, he said, ah, but Satan, it is written. Those are the same words. In other words, you know exactly what God says. And Satan, when he tempted Jesus, Jesus said it is written. When Satan attempts you to give in and not claim your promise that is yours, say, but Satan, yes, I feel the pain, but God is my healer. God is my healer. By his stripes, I am healed. I confess it. He heals all my diseases. I confess it. Jesus took my infirmities. He bore my sickness. Friends, through your confession, you are agreeing with God's word this morning. You're harmonizing your language and your thoughts with God's language and God's thoughts. Confessing is affirming something that you believe. It is testifying to something that you know. And it's witnessing a truth of which you embrace. You say, only what God says. In the same way, the wrong confession, when you keep on talking about how Satan is attacking you, how sick you are, how big body pains you have, Satan puts us in bondage. And that confession is a defeat. It destroys your faith. Doubt kills your faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is confidence in what we hope for. It is assurance of what we do not yet have. Remember, I believe first and then the healing. I've received salvation first and then the joy comes. Faith ignores the natural symptoms and pain that is contrary to God's word. Faith is a decisive act depending only on God's word. So it's important. It's important to understand to be healed through another person's faith is a biblical exception. I mean, it can happen and has happened, but it's not the rule. God will... You'll always discover in God's word, God wants you to discover that you have power over the devil. God wants you to know you have power over that sickness. Friends, you can never be able to walk in your victory as long as you are depending on someone else's faith. It's got to be your faith in God's word. 
Just as someone else's faith will not set you free from sin, you have to believe yourself. In the same way, personally, I have to believe by his stripes, I am healed. Most, most cases in the Bible, Jesus did not heal anyone until after he obtained the person's confession of faith or he observed an act of faith for healing. Matthew 8, 5, the centurion said, you don't need to come to my house, just say the word. Jesus said, I've not found anyone with such great faith. Listen, friends, stir up your faith in God's unhealing, God's unfailing word. And I want to pray today for the benefits, the blessings that God has. You say, Pastor, yeah, I've got pain or you've got sickness. You may be in the hospital watching this today. But I want you to know Jesus is walking right into that hospital room with you. He's walking into the room right where you are. If you can stand, I want you to stand as an act of faith. Say, Satan, you've kept me bound long enough. I'm going. I'm rising up. If you are in a wheelchair and you cannot stand, just lift both hands to heaven as you sit there. Because as you have those hands free, I want you to now put your left hand on the area of your body that is in pain or there's a disease, a spirit of infirmity on you. And and then as I pray, I want you to lift your right hand to heaven, your left hand on your body wherever you need healing. Friends, pray in agreement right now. Pray in agreement. God can heal through internet. I was just preaching to over 500, or teaching over 500 pastors scattered all over Vietnam. And as I prayed for healing among them, there are so many testimonies of healing that came in to the leadership there. Even people with COVID were healed and delivered. Friends, the same miracle working God is here right now, and he's right where you are. Your faith as we reach out and touch the Lord. Are you ready? Hands on your body, hand one right hand up toward heaven. Father, in the authority of God's word, I speak against the spirit of infirmity that is touching men and women right now. Spirit of infirmity in the authority of Jesus' name. I say, come on. Be loosened out so that God's healing comes in. Father, release your healing, restoring power right now to all of those that are standing or those that may be sitting. When they got their hands lifted up to heaven, they're in acknowledgement that God, they're reaching out to you in faith like the woman touching the hem of your garment. Let your healing virtue flow into their body right now. I thank you, God. There's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing impossible with you. And I, Jesus, reverse the curse of the spirit of infirmity. Release men and women. Release them from habits and bondage. Release their mind from torment and fear. God, let peace, Jehovah Jireh, peace of God, healing God. Shalom. Enter in right now. Hallelujah. You know, some of you may be listening today and you know in your heart you've never really accepted Jesus. You've never really acknowledged him, not as Lord and Savior. You know about him in your head. But today is a day for you. And I want to pray for you. If you open your heart to Jesus, would you just put two hands up and say, Jesus, 
Jesus, thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for loving me. Thanking you for, thank God for having a purpose in your life and having a blessing for you. Today is the day, Lord, I ask that you will bring, let forgiveness flow in them. Forgive them, Lord, for their wrong thoughts and their wrong deeds. Jesus, come into their heart. Just say, Lord, come into my heart. Transform me. Make me strong so I can live for you. Lord, I thank you for hearing my prayer and working in their life. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Listen, after this service, I want you to get in contact with the pastor. I want your pastor's going to pray with you. He's going to, he or she will lead you so that you can grow in God, the strong ways of God and become an overcomer day in and day out. God bless you. Shalom.